Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your host, Justina McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we're here with Marta from Ontario Coalition Against BSL to discuss their work across Ontario to fight against legislation that discriminates against breeds. Welcome, Marta. Welcome. Nice to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited you're here. I'm very excited. This is very long overdue. Um, we did have a Chrissy um, probably about a year and a half ago. It's been a while ago now from um, Mystic Seas and all of her work with uh, BSL. So she was on not that long ago, but such an important topic. So we're very excited to have you here on behalf of the Ontario Coalition Against BSL. So let's just dive right in. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And of course, tell us about your pepperonis. <laughs> of course. Uh, so I've been part of the coalition for, to be honest, it feels like not very long, but I think it's been almost four or five years now. Um I've been a bully advocate for years. Uh, I never actually intended to get a bully myself, but... I was handed one as an adoption, and here we are. So it was one of those situations where it was unplanned, but I love him, and he is my baby. And now I have two, but besides the point. <laughs> I feel like you adopt one, you end up with multiple anyways, right? And what are their names? Uh, so Logan is my first rescue, and as per his DNA, he is actually an American Bulldog Chow mix. Interesting. Yeah, that's oh. where he gets his orange coloring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then so Logan and? And Stella. And so Stella is actually the reason why BSL is so important because Stella looks like a purebred bully, but she is actually a 100% Doberman and Rottweiler mix. She's got no bully in her. But if we were to just go by physical description, unfortunately, she does fit the size, the height, the description of a bully breed. Super interesting. Well, uh, compliments on the names of your dogs. Mackenzie and I are both big fans of human names for dogs. So Logan and Stella, we love it. <laughs> Me too. I love human names. I, I love hearing like Doug being shouted and you see this tiny beagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Ken's well important topic. So let's get into it. Kenzie, you want to kick us off with the first question? Yes, I do. All right, Marta, can you start by telling us about the Ontario Coalition Against BSL? What does the coalition do and why is your work so important? So the coalition is actually four groups that came together, which includes um, Hershey's Law, or sorry, Hershey's Against BSL, uh, the United Paws, Ontario's Save Ontario's Pitbulls, and Ottawa Citizens Against Breed-Specific Legislation. So the four groups came together so that they could do work all throughout Ontario. And then that way, if there happens to be an issue in a part that another part of our group is, they can handle it. Uh, our group our, our group goal is obviously to change the language that is in DOLA, which is the Dog Owners uh, Liability Act. So our goal is to have any breed language removed from that. And our work is very important because, quite frankly it's time to admit that the Pipple ban never worked. We've seen an increase of up to 168% dog bites since the ban has been put in place by non-bully breeds. So it's time to realize that 
we have to put the onus on the other end of the leash. Instead of putting it on the breed, we have to start putting it on the owner. So that's our main goal is to take all breed language out so that our communities are actually safe because we're putting ownership or putting responsibility on the owners, making them more responsible and putting severe fines in place for those situations, which we don't really have right now. By removing that language, we'd be removing it from both DOLA as well as the Animal Research Act. This helps all owners become responsible equally and be treated equally. Instead, right now, we're only punishing owners who own bully breeds or any dog that has similar characteristics. And I think that's something a lot of people forget is that the law is written in such a loose way that many breeds outside of bully breeds can be targeted. Okay, quick question based on that. So Mm -hmm. I have a Italian greyhound and my Italian greyhound bites somebody. Is what you're saying that because my little dog doesn't fit the standard of a bully breed, it like doesn't really matter. Whereas if she was, you know, looked like a, a you know bully breed of some sort, then it, this it would take a totally different direction. We'd go down this path of this like BSL stuff. Yes. So unfortunately, that is the case. It's not that yours wouldn't matter. You would still, you're still looking at a 10 day quarantine and assessment of aggression, etc. Unfortunately, a bully breed won't get that second chance. So immediately now the owner's getting charged for breaking DOLA. So now you're charged with possessing an illegal breed. So which then, yeah, okay, okay. So now you're looking at very different charges, depending on what you're owning in terms of what breed you own, right? And but the best example of this is not even the dog bites, but let's say your dog runs off or like gets away from you, your leash, you drop your leash by accident. The consequences for you versus a bully breed are very different in the sense that you get your dog back. But prior to the amendments that Doug Ford did, a bully owner didn't get their dog back just for letting go of a leash, just for the dog escaping a door. And you know what? Yeah, that's where this is just rattles my brain because you that dog that, you know, may have slipped through the door one time by accident could be a perfectly well, you know, family member, uh, perfectly, you know, uh, behaved in the home. But just because, yeah, just because that one instance happened, then your your SOL, which is just so heartbreaking to think that people's dogs can be taken away from them just like that. So. Yeah. And, you know, luckily, Ontario, most of Ontario has been not destroying dogs as the language is used, but been shipping them out. However, unfortunately, there was a time where that was the practice was the dog was immediately euthanized. So, you know, you're looking at punishing responsible owners, but we're not actually but we're not taking care of the irresponsible ones. I just a personal story. A couple years ago, this was pre-COVID. I was walking Logan in my neighborhood, and there was somebody who had two off-leash dogs, um, a small white dog and a husky. And the husky came running at Logan immediately. I put him behind me so that he wouldn't like nothing would happen to avoid the situation. And unfortunately, this this is just such, this put such a sour taste in my mouth. The first thing the owner said wasn't "Let me leash my dog." It was "Oh." Well, we both know if something were to happen, your dog's to blame because oh my of the breed. God. That was the very first words that this person said to me instead of apologizing for their dog being off leash. So this is where we're realizing that we're encouraging bad ownership because people know their dog gets a slap on the wrist because it's not a bully breed. Yeah. 
That's so scary. It's uh, like, and, and as like a large dog owner, like it's, it's, it's terrifying. And it, it really like, you're not the first bully owner or large dog owner that I have heard a similar story of. I have put myself, my physical body in between my dog and another dog mm-hmm. because I would rather get bit essentially by another dog than have my dog end up in an altercation and it be my dog's fault. Exactly. You know, Um, and at that point we are looking at more dog bites. (laughs) Like I hate to say it, but we are because that dog may not have bit at this situation, but any other situation that dog is off leash. It actually is a risk to our community. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's go into the next question. So, so much of your work is based on peer-reviewed literature that highlights that there really is no such thing as a, again, air quotes, dangerous breed. So would you be able to speak a little bit to this research and just give us some highlights of what that looks like? Yes. So actually, when all of this went into place, which was March 2004, is when the first legislation was opened up by the Liberal government. Uh there was peer reviews and it was 49 to 1. So it was 49 actual uh, vet professionals who said that breed-specific legislation does not work and voted against it, and one voted yes. So with that, you're looking at 49 to 1 saying, we've seen this tested everywhere, we've seen it in other countries, um, it's not working. And if we actually look at the past three to four years specifically, including the last year with Denver, and Denver being a big one because we all know how bad their uh, BSL was, with Denver lifting their uh, BSL, their Pitbull ban, and multiple other places, I believe in the last year alone, 40 places that were enforcing BSL have lifted. Ontario at this point is the largest uh, we are also the more, most severe in terms of how we enforce it. So with the longest standing was Denver and that being lifted, we should be following that example. But we should also be following the example of provinces who have, such as Alberta, removed bans and implemented basically the same law that we were trying to pass with Bill 147 that unfortunately was tabled or died that way. But Look at how successful their dog bites are. Look at how successful changing this and putting the onus on the owner has been for them. And that's where we need to start looking at not only peer-reviewed research, which we are looking at, but also other provinces and other countries and other cities and states, et cetera, who have used this model and are seeing much more success than we are. They're not seeing these numbers rising constantly. So just for our listeners out there, um, is Ontario the only province that has this BSL um, legislation still in effect? Yes. So in terms of province, yes, we are the largest uh, and we are the only in the world. We are actually the only province that has it. There are bylaws in other places, but we are the only full province slash state that does enforce BSL. Damn. Get with the times, Ontario. Yep. <laughs> right. Not the only thing we need to get with the times on. But. No. <laughs> and it's at 16 and a half years. Um, we've had Bill 147 was the third time we were going in. It wasn't even the first one. It was the third bill that was on the table, obviously dying due to COVID uh, because of the prolonged government. But I mean, luckily with everything Doug Ford did, we definitely owe him a lot for the amendments he's made and he has promised to lift B- or to reappeal BSL for us. So we're crossing our fingers and really put- putting pressure on all of our MPPs. Look at that. Dougie, Dougie, not for the people, but he's for the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> we, see, we see you, Dougie. We see you. 
All right. All right. I could go on about that. Okay. Thank you for sharing all of that, Marta. That is very important information. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to discuss some current trends and issues that you're seeing in the BSL space.